welcome back to the Brilliant Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Jalen Bowden, here with you for another episode of Learning Powered by the Heart. You know, one of our biggest obstacles to staying fresh is when we allow negativity to compound in our lives. We often allow yesterday's frustrations to dictate today's joy, when the truth of the matter is that God's mercy and kindness are new every single morning. Negativity can quickly become an obstacle that prevents us from seeing the goodness of God that's always present. So if negativity has taken space in your life, today's the day to break the cycle and step into a fresh encounter with the heart of God toward you. I encourage you to listen to today's episode with your heart's full attention. You can always pause and replay it as often as you need to. And most importantly, don't forget to engage directly with the Lord, because He's always delighted to walk with you in your learning. Now, without further ado, here's Graham Cook. Negativity is a disease as destructive as cancer and as infectious as Ebola or tuberculosis. It works to invade our thinking, our vision, and our emotions. And we want to get joyfully serious about killing it stone dead. Because negativity reduces every relationship. It steals our vitality. It sucks us down into a place where we cannot experience life as we know it, in Jesus. We procrastinate about dealing with it and we allow negativity to make us inferior. By not addressing this vital issue, we cut down our expectations of blessing, favor, and the power to change. We write people off, including ourselves. We doubt the true nature of God based on negative experiences with people or other faith communities. We become double-minded because we want you, but continue to perceive, think, and act based on beliefs rooted in pessimism, fault-finding, and criticism. You know, if we get a breakthrough, we can't hold on to it because our thinking is held back by the returning negativity that we have not yet overcome. And as you've heard us say many times, your starting point determines your outcome. Any process that begins in negativity will end in negativity. Romans 8, 5 to 7 has a strong message. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is hostile against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, which is the law of love, and nor indeed can it be. Mindsets, perceptions, and emotions of negativity will kill everything they touch, including you. 
Negativity is hostile towards God, according to Romans 8. It wants to fight everything he is and promises to be for you. It works against his purposes. It creates a path that leads away from fellowship with God. And you know, he will allow you to follow your will and he will love you unchangingly, but he won't be joining you in negativity. Never will he join you in negativity. The world is steeped in negativity, never more so than now. We are bombarded with messages that seek to create fear, worry, and hopelessness. And then we're encouraged to share them with others. <laughs> it's lunacy. Negativity loves fellowshipping with negativity to justify and expand itself. Look at the internet. It was created to strengthen connections, but it has become a chief contagion. It's the biggest courtroom in the world, accusing, condemning, shaming, and humiliating people without having to prove whether the facts are even true or not. Negativity gives the enemy permission to afflict you and your family line. Just like you can inherit your dad's eyes or your mother's nose, negativity can be passed from one generation to the next. When the environment of the home is critical and judgmental, children and their children's children can grow up becoming cynical, distrustful, and feeling hopeless. One generation after the next wonders if they will ever be good enough or if change can really occur. Negativity can poison workplaces, schools, neighborhoods, churches, and ministries until people and communities are utterly destroyed. Ephesians 4.29 says this, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but only what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. In the original language, the word corrupt literally means rotten, putrefied, worthless, unfit for purpose. Negativity is like knowing that the water you're drinking is polluted and foul, and yet continuing to drink it yourself and offer it to others. If you are a new creation in Christ, negativity in how you see, think, speak, and act towards others and yourself, it's never an option. You can't use it. Stay away from it. Okay, I know. That's pretty strong, eh? <laughs> well, it was meant to be. Because God is powerfully passionate to see you delivered from the disease of negativity. Jesus gave everything for you, never to be afflicted by it again. Beloved, if you were dying of cancer or tuberculosis and someone told you there was an antidote, wouldn't you go anywhere and do anything to obtain it? 
course you would. But our adversary wants you to concede your inner territory to negativity in order to minimize the conflict that you might bring to him. The impact of negativity is rationalized away as, well, that's just how things are. Overcoming is made to appear tremendously difficult, even impossible. And you know, in the kindest possible way, it's just not impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. So it's time for negativity to stop. So what's the antidote? Just tell the Lord that you see negativity in yourself and ask him to help you. Don't allow shame to impede your discoveries. Shame is another negative designed to imprison you. Hebrews 2.11 says, For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. There's no shame in overcoming negativity. This is a significant time in who you are and who you are becoming in Christ. And I want to pray for you. So, wherever you are, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. <laughs> I want you just to stop, put everything down, and listen. Take a deep breath. The Holy Spirit is doing something astonishing in you. You may feel it tangibly. You may not, but it's just as real regardless. And I am personalizing these prayers so that you can pray them yourself. So here's two prayers. Prayer one is an act of repentance. The second prayer is an act of response. Prayer number one. Dear Father, here I am standing with you. Thank you that you love to fill up my low places with your loving kindness and favor. Thank you for putting your finger on the negativity in my life. Thank you for not leaving me, for not failing me, and especially for not forsaking me. Thank you for being my safe place. In that place, Jesus, you come to remove my shame and anger towards myself and other people. Thank you that you are never ashamed to call me yours. I am not an embarrassment to your perfect love. You are not frustrated or weary of me. Your love is new every day. You are my hope. I am quietly confident in your gentleness and mercy to me. You paid the ultimate price so that I could be redeemed from everything that would hold me back and keep me down. So now, at this moment, I give you the negativity of my mind and heart, of eyes and voice, of action and reaction. I give it all back to you. It doesn't belong to me. It has no claim on me. 
It is toxic, hurtful, damaging, and destructive. With negativity, Father, I also give you anger, rage, cynicism, intolerance, and rejection towards myself and towards other people. I repent of all things toxic and harsh. You are my Redeemer. Please come with your redemptive love and cleanse my mind and my heart. Touch my eyes and my tongue that they may see and say all things in your love. Holy Spirit, cut me off from all destructive thinking, perception, and language. In Jesus' name, amen. Pray this prayer throughout the next month as you allow the toxins to leave your life. So here is prayer number two, which will empower your response towards a life of peace, rest, and love for yourself and towards everyone whom you meet, regardless of their language or their behavior. Prayer number two is a prayer of response. Father, thank you for this new day. Thank you that any mistakes from yesterday are already cleansed by your healing presence. Thank you that your mercy raises me up to experience your compassion that never fails. They are new every morning because your faithfulness is overwhelming and powerful. I choose your peace to wash away any anxiety. I choose your perfect love to remove all fear or victim thinking. I choose your gentleness instead of anger, harshness, or cynicism. Today, I choose expectation in you to bubble up within me. I declare that frustration and disappointment will have no place in my responses. I choose your empowering presence of grace to forgive others and to act towards them just as you would. Thank you for the beauty of Christ in me and for the constant infilling of the amazing Holy Spirit. Thank you that when I encounter opposition, the Comforter ensures that I receive grace to stand and be unaffected by anything toxic. Being reviled, I can bless because you are in me. Today, I choose your heart to overlay my own. I choose your words to emerge from your goodness. Thank you this day and for the joy and peace in believing that you are with me in every moment and circumstance. In Jesus' name, amen. Boy, that feels good. <laughs> Beloved, our recovery 
depends on our relationship with the Holy Spirit and how we embrace that level of healing and comfort from God. The greatest antidote in the world is repentance, to agree with God and receive His empowering grace in our greatest time of need. True repentance is not just turning away from old ways, but turning God's way into His truth and into His life. Then you're learning to see as He sees. So ask the Holy Spirit to help you and begin to actively listen to your thoughts and your words. Become aware. That's what the whole first part of this episode was about. Most people are so used to negative perceptions and thinking that recognizing it is actually a great gain. And you can celebrate that. Be conscious of your initial reactions to people and to difficulties. What's your first response and expectation? Is it apprehension, frustration, or distress? There's a great exchange to make right there. Instead of saying, oh no, what am I going to do? To actually becoming curious about God's plan and who he wants to be for you in this situation? Brilliant. God is inviting you into a life where you never need to react negatively to something. Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you haven't already heard the news, Brilliance 23 is almost here. And we want to invite you to join us on this journey of direct learning with God. Here's more information from Graham. Christ in you is your greatest reality. The Father connecting with Christ in you is the key focus for all your growth and experience in the fullness of God. Direct learning from God was the way Jesus learned how to walk with God as a man. Now with Christ in us, we have the same guaranteed process to follow. This means that like Jesus, we are experiencing the same relationship with the Father that He enjoyed and loved. This is what it means to be Christ-like. My name is Graham Cook. This is my personal invitation to you. Come and join me and Team Brilliant for our first ever virtual conference. I can't wait to see your brilliance unlocked through this powerful three-day event as you encounter God's kind intentions towards you in every area of your life. Click the link below to learn more and get your ticket today.